Welcome to JV Reads the Tea. The T stands for tarot, honey. I'm JV Hampton Van Sant. Each week, I am joined by a guest and I read their tarot cards. I use the Wild Unknown deck and the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit decks by Kim Kranz to dive deep with a special six-card reading. And, of course, we go on usually pretty related tangents. So grab your wand, light a candle, and let's spill that tea, honey. Ha ha ha! What is up, witches and bitches? Welcome back to JV Reads the Tea! Ha 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 ha! So... We have a lovely guest today, as we literally always do. The show doesn't really work if there isn't a guest. Just sort of throwing that out there in general. But our guest today is, I actually just realized I didn't um, get, I didn't check the pronunciation of your last name before I started, which, uh, whoops. Manatee. Manatee is fine. Manatee. Okay. Not technically my last name, but it's close enough. Um, that works. One letter is different. It there's a reason for it, but it'd be boring to explain. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, David Nanity, that's, hello, I'm the guest. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> welcome, welcome. So, um, happy to have you on. I think you are um, one of the people I've had on that that I know the least about going into a reading, which is always very fun. Um, there's always something exciting about that. Yeah. Um, so where might the people on the internet have heard you before um, or interacted I'm, with you? I'm pretty uh, active on Twitter, probably too active. My Twitter handle is at dmanity, um, where I <laughs> mostly tweet about Doctor Who and whatever other random shit that crosses my mind. Um, nice. I also run a Doctor Who podcast with a friend called Race to Finish, where we talk about uh, Doctor Who audio plays from like 20 years ago which is fun. It's been good. Um, very niche. I, I don't expect anyone to be interested, but it's, it's been fun. Uh, yeah. I, I was well shuffling and uh, sort of laying out the cards, listening to that. I tend to do that with people who, well, with people who have podcasts in general, it helps me sort of forge that connection across the ether, um, no matter where they are, even if they're in Australia. That was a fun time. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I find that that helps me to sort of get a general general connection going with the with the whoever the guest is going to be um and i was listening to it and i didn't realize they were radio plays which is really fun um i come from a background of making audio drama which is always fun and exciting um and in the i think it was in the most recent episodes i think that was what i was listening to i could be wrong let me double check let me double check which um, one it was. The audio we talked about was set in, was set in like the swiss alps and there was like a crazy scottish lady Winter of the Adept. Yes. That one? Yeah. Okay. So there was a thing. <laughs> there was a thing in there that I thought was really funny about um about the person who wrote that not being able to deal with the fact that like there were no visual cues for like the oh, sounds yeah. that were happening. Yeah, that's an issue in like audio plays in general. And I I I'm like pretty lenient when it comes to that. Like you kind of have to have, especially with something as auction oriented as Doctor Who can be, you kind of have to have characters exclaim things that are obviously happening. But that got yeah. so specific. It was like, oh, the glass is broken. It's moving. It's like a swarm of wasps. It's <laughs> Run! And it's like, no. no. Who's saying this? You know what talks like this. 
Exactly. I completely agree. That was my full, like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh, baby. No, like, this is why you have a, like, and I think, I think you even said it in the thing. This is sort of why you have a dedicated narrator for a thing. Like, you just, just set it. It doesn't matter who it winds up being. Just set whoever it's going to be and have them describe what was happening in that moment. Even if they weren't there, they still can explain what was going on. It's it's just, it's better. It's it's a way better way to go about that than to just describe, like in the moment describe, but also tell the narrator to act too. It's important. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> those don't have, like usually don't have like a proper narrator and it's just, it's just kind of like, well, what if something on TV was audio and then they compensate with, you know, special effects, with, with sound effects, not special effects and, you know, and mm-hmm. dialogue. And so it can get, but usually it's not as awkward as that particular release was where like mm-hmm. you notice how unrealistic it is for them to be talking like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Are these are all, um, are these all like sort of produced by the BBC? Um, they're produced by another company called Big Finish. Um, oh, interesting. Who got a license to create them because at the time, I mean, at the time for whatever reason, uh, the BBC just gave them the license, I guess, because they didn't have as much experience doing audio drama for Doctor Who. And gotcha. they finished, well, they hadn't done Doctor Who, but they'd done some like spin off material that fans were really into. So they had the experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going to, it's been fun. It's been interesting. And mm-hmm. the uh, company has changed quite a bit in the past 20 years. And so going back to its very early days is. In a very interesting trip, in some good ways and some bad ways. Like we, we've talked a bit about how there's just this really notable lack of women, women in any of the releases. Like it's it'll be like mm-hmm. the companion sidekick, and then maybe one other. Yeah. And for a good couple of them early on, the one other character who wasn't the sidekick to the Doctor, who was a who was a woman, was either killed off or a villain. Ah, yeah. So, <laughs> and That's not ideal. Yeah, there's still some issues with the company today. Like they. They're like the writers they get are still overwhelmingly white dudes, cisgendered mm-hmm. white dudes, but they're slowly improving bit by bit. And so, you know, that's good. Yeah. Progress on occasion tends to be slow, particularly in a good old friends across the pond there. Uh, sometimes they can get a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, slow on that. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I've, I was asking mainly because I listened to, um, especially in the lead up to me producing a thing, I listened to a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of old British uh, radio dramas in general. Like I, I love them like a lot. Like just, yeah. it, I, they're so. A lot of them tend to be really good. Sometimes they're they're really not. Um, and just <laughs> and but even the ones that are really not, they still like. The ones that I find are, like, really bad, it's usually, like, the content that I tend to have an issue with more than, like, the, like, quality of it. I mean, sometimes the writing is just terrible regardless, but, like, and then also, like, sometimes the actor who's doing the thing relies a little too much on, like, uh, someone else's ability to understand what their voice is doing. Mm, I think Mm. I know what you mean, yes. Yeah. Like, as a voice actor, that is a... That is a problem. Uh, definitely, like, I don't know. There's a difference in, like, regular sort of acting. Regular acting where someone can see you and see what you're doing oh. first. Like, but the way that the way that I bridge that usually is, like, moving my hands a whole bunch in my little lovely booth here. 
which can be distracting and a problem. And I have to not wear bracelets or rings during that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. Fun times. But yeah, I I liked I liked the episode that I listened to. And I'm definitely going to listen to more. I oh, good. found them quite delightful. We don't get a lot of listeners, as you can imagine, which... I'm kind of okay with it. Took a little like I didn't I didn't expect us to get a lot of listeners anyways because it's so niche and mm-hmm. I basically just use my Twitter and my co-host Twitter to push it. Mm-hmm. Um sometimes it can get a little exhausting just if especially if the one that we're talking about is just not particularly good. <laughs> um <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, which mm-hmm. that that latest episode, that was well, I didn't like it. My co-host really loved it because it it includes a lot of like really camp stuff that he really loves. Like there's like a crazy Scottish lady who's obsessed. She <laughs> thinks like if you get if you get too warm, you'll you'll become sinful or something. This has <laughs> nothing to do with the main plot. She's just there, and then she goes crazy for a scene, and then gets killed. It's a very bad release. <laughs> that is very a very bad. odd concept, but I kind of dig it. Like I don't know, I don't know why, but something about it's kind of. Yeah. Kind of hit and right. I don't know. Yeah. I like that it's a fun yeah. idea. My assumption when I was listening listen to it was like, okay, I'm going to assume that like she's an alien and maybe she has like psi powers or powers with the weather or something. And that's mm-hmm. why she's so insistent about being warm. And for some reason, she's mm-hmm. in the Alps despite that. But no, she's just a random human lady who's crazy. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it just bees like that. I don't know. <laughs> there is something funny about it. And I know that in that one in specific, you mentioned uh, that this, or I think your co-host mentioned it, they had, they had gone through a lot of revisions. And I was like, yeah, based on the way that y'all are like piecing this together, there clearly were revisions here. And there was not a final story that was selected prior to the recording. Yeah. <laughs> fun fact about that. Well, probably not that fun, but uh, mm. the the audio dramas are like they're divided up like the old classic Doctor Who serials are so it's like mm-hmm. four episodes and each one's like 25 to 30 minutes oh, okay. um, so I sometimes listen to them all the way through usually I chop it up over a couple of days and this one mm-hmm. I'd been listening to it and I was like okay like this has been really dull the first three episodes and I was like I need to find a time to listen to the last one and I'm like you know what like I don't have a lot of notes on this I doubt that the fourth episode, there's going to be a whole lot happening too. Let me just listen to it while I go on my jog. And then it turns out almost all the plot happens in the last half an hour in that last episode. And I'm like, shit. Oh boy. (laughs) It wasn't, it ended up being okay. Cause at least it was that Mm -hmm. that was the same day we ended up recording. So it was fresh in my mind, but. That's honestly probably important with like a plot heavy thing. Just like right at that moment. That's probably helpful that that like a. (laughs) <laughs> that it was fresh in the brain because otherwise oof. Ah, oh no yeah. yeah it can be difficult i i've i've got a lot of sympathy for people writing because i did i didn't like take a class to figure out the writing portion of that granted i'm a little it's weird because i do have like i have um like a, a general soft spot for people who are not in england specifically who are not quite sure on how to write these things totally get it because like in the united states we sort of like gave up on radio plays like a long time ago yeah which is sad and we really shouldn't have done that we should have kept that those were like genuinely really good i think we just didn't have good funding for it like more than anything yeah i don't know it's a really it's a really interesting divide like it's one of many different divides between the uk and the u.s where Mm -hmm. like if I try to explain what an audio play is to like a U.S. person, they don't really get it. 
they're they're like mm. they don't really fully understand and i usually have to explain it a little bit meanwhile in the uk they're still like producing radio plays like one of the longest running soap operas of all time is a radio play that's still playing on like bbc mm-hmm. radio or something and which which is just kind of it's such a weird difference i don't quite know why i guess i mean i guess public radio is just very heavily funded there and Mm-hmm. There's, for whatever reason, a market for it, which I just find very yeah. interesting, like I said. It is interesting. I feel like they, I've, it might also do to just generally the size of the size of the UK in general is just a lot, is, well, because it's a lot smaller, like it, it, they have, it's smaller, but they also have like weirdly more funding for specifically radio mm-hmm. and also weirdly TV too. Like their TV is honestly kind of iconic and I don't under, like, I again, where is the funding? I don't understand where all this funding is coming from, but they do a good job. And like, I don't know. I think that's part of it. I mean, the UK, I mean, I am not going to defend the UK just on a political level because there are some really nasty people there, but there oh, is yeah. an element of the culture there where I think that even if, a lot of people, even if there are a lot of conservatives who want to like to fund the BBC and all this stuff, there is kind of like a cultural pride in the stuff that their television as a result produces, at least from the BBC. And the BBC has also a history of like doing like adaptations of classic novels and things. So I think that there's with some things more than others, I think that there's a sense of pride to it. Maybe they, they wouldn't put it in those exact words, but there's a connection there as opposed to here we just kind of view the TV studios that are making studio making like you know TV and stuff. They're just companies trying to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, sense. like in the UK, they like they it does truly seem like there is there like they understand and appreciate the art of it and are trying to actually make well art, which yeah. I, I think is why we see things like, for example, Fleabag that wind up coming over here and doing wildly well because like the because it was genuinely good and also just a great piece of art and writing like and, and also dirty we do like dirty things over here but you know um yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, i need to keep watching that i started watching it and it was on, it was a i was the wrong time mm-hmm. to watch it i just got depressed by to the first episode and i was like you know what mm-hmm. i'm gonna wait a bit for when i'm in a better place just mentally before i approach this because it'll just depress mm-hmm. me <laughs> That checks out. I totally get it. Like my friend, uh, my friend, uh, uh, Caroline, um, was like really heavily inspired by that to write, um, to write something that, uh, that they wrote. And I really, I wanted to check it out so I could see the inspiration and I got sucked in like immediately. I was also like weirdly happy during that moment. I don't know. It was very strange. It's very out of character. I, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. Um, but I, I don't know. There's, I will, I don't know. I'll give the listeners one recommendation as far as like um, BBC uh, radio dramas that I really enjoyed. Um, this one, I think, was several years ago, but I found it on Audible and I really enjoyed it. It's called The Pillow Book. Um, and it was based on these. Uh, I think they were specifically not called poems um, for reasons. I think they were just called lists, but they seemed like poems to me um and they're sort of inspired by these uh the this um this uh, woman in china in the past at some point and it was just like i listened to it to like help me fall asleep like that was more the point of that one but the story itself is genuinely like kind of compelling 
and the acting in that is superb. So I do highly recommend that. It is also pretty long too, which I enjoy when it comes to radio plays that like go on for a long amount of time. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Use an audible credit. Why not go for it? Um, not sponsored content in the slightest. <laughs> this content is so not sponsored, but that I really enjoyed as like a sort of example of like art versus like um say commercial television, like anything on the CW, mm-hmm. um, which no shade to the CW. I love the CW. I love but like the CW that's... too. Even when they're garbage, like I, I feel like this is like I feel like I feel like such like a classic, classic gay man with this. Where like I'm like I love trash. You know what? Same. Trash, I love it. Like, there's like there's like there's this one guy who I started like this guy who's like oh god he's like three or four years younger than me. He's a minor. Um, but I started following him on Twitter years ago just for whatever reason, and for whatever reason like the shit that he and his friends talk about ends up on my timeline and they're all like massive Riverdale stands. Oh, and it's oh like, boy. <laughs> yes, which like, but like, you know what? I feel like the Riverdale stands understand the show better than most. Cause they, like they, they're not blind to what it is. They just know yeah. that it's being what it wants to be and it's doing it somewhat on purpose. And they're just kind of having fun with it. And they're all, and all those people like that one guy and all his friends are all very queer. And I'm like, this seems this seems appropriate. Like this seems, yeah. this seems right for you to enjoy your <laughs> movie pastiche nonsense teen drama. Oh, totally. Like I absolutely, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I'm not giving them shit for like in Riverdale. Oh. I've watched way too much of it for me to give anybody shit for, for watching it at all. Like yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a fair bit. I, Really, it's all of the all of the DCCW shows that like I I like oh. all of them, with the noted exception. It's not even that I don't like it; it's that it's very complicated and I cannot follow it because it's extremely complicated. Um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow cannot oh, follow yeah. it. I have no idea what's happening. There's too much going on. If I jump in now, I will never get it. It's fine. Um, eventually, I'll go back and I'll like watch everything since a bunch of their shows are now ending including oh, like yeah, most of the right. one that star black people and women. Hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. whatever. Gonna leave that alone. Um, for that's Superman more, and Lois. Sure. For Superman and Lois. That's mm-hmm. seems great. Um, oh yeah. Sit. Mm, straight there, was family values. Oh. there was some behind the scenes stuff about that show too, that came out about the writers. Yeah. Room. So yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm, I, I did check out the first episode and I'm going to check out, a few more, but I'm just not, I already know I don't really, like, I'm not really a fan of it. I'm just going to give it a little bit more of a fair shot storytelling-wise to see if they, like, kind of hook me in with a good story. They didn't with that first episode, but, like, I think I'll give them a little bit longer. I don't know. But in any case, oh, media. Oh, the yeah. <laughs> media. And the differences in media across mm-hmm. various locations. Now, separate from media, um, I you mentioned um, off mic that this is your that this is your first tarot reading, and I'm super excited uh, for that in particular. I don't know. I find find being somebody's first reading is always really exciting for me. Um, <laughs> something fun about it. Um, but yeah, so this uh, this this looks pretty interesting in terms of the cards that appear during this reading, and we're gonna start off in a mildly dark place i apologize for that but we're that's where that's where it's gonna open up um and we're starting with this lovely card here which is the three of swords oh my 
So yeah, intense as hell. Intense as hell. Very deeply intense. Um, fortunately, those are ribbons. I would like to clarify. Those are okay. ribbons. Um, not like entrails. That would be very wild. I know that's what it looks like, but that I promise it okay. is ribbon. There is blood though, so there is that. But anyway, um, so the three of swords represents um, betrayal, heartbreak, and turmoil. Um, right. So. Keep that in mind as I read through this little description here, mm -hmm. see if anything comes up. Um, a dark and complex card, the Three of Swords, is rarely a welcome sight. Its wrath may come in the forms of lies, betrayal, cheating, or heartbreak. There will be emotional entanglement and confusion. Do not try to make any decisions while in this state. Wait for your heart and spirit to mend. So. This is in the past position, so this would be um, something, you know, prior to, I would say, like, yesterday. Um, that, like, that uh, that sort of was this, or at least had you in this general emotional mm -hmm. state. Um, yeah, that I'm presuming that's probably going to bring up something. Oh, yeah. It tends to. I mean, okay, so I mean, I suppose it depends, like... If you want to go back, it depends on how far back you want to go. But I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is the past year with COVID mm -hmm. and everything, which has already been very rough. And I have to admit that in many ways, I've had it easier than a lot of other people. I live in a fairly large-ish house with my family who haven't been too badly affected, like income-wise mm -hmm. and all sorts of other things, unlike a lot of others who have struggled a lot more. But with that said... Um, Last year was so shit, just on like mm -hmm. a personal, emotional level. Um, I, I briefly touched on this before we started recording, but uh, my family is ultra-Orthodox Jewish, and people don't necessarily know what that means, but it basically means very religious Jewish. Not like mm -hmm. Hasidic Jewish, but you know, like, we keep very strict kosher and celebrate the holidays to their furthest extent and keep all these really strict laws, which, as you can imagine, was is very tiring and is also not yeah. really the best environment for a young gay guy to grow up in. Yeah, I could imagine not. Um, oh boy. Yeah, don't worry. The, um, this won't get too dark, I hope. Um, it's all right. But, this has gone to very dark places, this show. <laughs> the listeners understand. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> last year in the fall, uh, I had just finished community college and I had transferred out from community college, which I was attending here in Los Angeles, still living with my parents. I moved up north. I was attending UC Davis. I'm in Los Angeles now. Um, mm -hmm. Words, words, words. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, I was also, and then I was up there for six months, and my plan was for the spring last year was that I was going to be studying abroad in London, and I put in a lot of work uh, just mm -hmm. kind of networking so I'd have people to hang out with and people to meet and things to do once I got there. And then, like, two weeks before the trip, COVID hit, hit America, and it became pretty clear that we, that, that was not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I would have to come back home because there was no point in me staying up here. I didn't have housing for that quarter, and then once I came back home, there was no point in moving back up. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty depressing. And then just... Um, <laughs> That year was pretty rough for just for those reasons, Stut like my grades have fallen, all sorts of other stuff. But mm -hmm. also on a personal level, this was also like a few months into COVID, I decided to come out, which 
Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Um, Good. Family response could have been better and mm-hmm. was a bit hurtful, despite the fact they tried their best. Um, mm-hmm. I'm okay now, but and to top yeah, all this off, too, that. last year we had um, a resurgence in, you know, Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah. All sorts of other stuff, too. And my parents are very conservative Trump supporters. Mm. Gotcha. Oh, boy. Just And oh. I, have, I have a hard time just controlling my emotions to, to an extent where it's probably a problem when it comes to something, especially when it comes to things mm. my family says. But as you can imagine, just hearing some of the shit they said, and even they and they tried to keep it to a minimum, but nonetheless, like it was just damaging, mm-hmm. and it and it made lockdown just I made me feel even more trapped than I already felt coming back here mm-hmm. and feeling so alienated. I was I've gone to some darker places than I have in the past in the past year. I'm okay, and like mm-hmm. I'm seeing a therapist and everything. So good, but suffice to say, it's not been easy. Like, I, yeah, doesn't sound it. Woof. <laughs> that is that does sound like that has been an incredibly rough time. But I mean, congratulations that you are here and that you have made it thus far. Like, yeah. I mean, that oof. If there is always one thing that I do like to um like to in general when these things come up, remind people is that I mean, we are at the very least able to sit here and have this conversation at this moment, which is a net positive overall like uh, the fact survival is always a thing that i that i want people to remember to take like to to take to take pride in the fact that they've survived overall which it can be remarkably difficult to do especially during especially during this last year that's been remarkably difficult for a lot of people but yeah so i mean good good to see that you are here and good to see that all of that is going well and like or as well as it can in general um and that you know things are progressing in a in a in an overall positive way this is good yes i'm i I don't know how long i'm going to be stuck here at home for which has been which Mm -hmm. i'm sure once we get to the future card and the present card as well will be something that may come up but um yeah the fact that like vaccines are going well and all that stuff. I'm still not happy about having to live here for a time, but hopefully once things open up, I'll have more things to escape to, which is the important thing, I think. Yeah. I think, I think that'll definitely happen. I, yeah, I have, um, I have some friends out in, out in LA and the, the thing that has been the hardest for them overall has been like, the just the way specifically COVID has hit the city of Los Angeles, and I, oof, Lord, I, mm, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a time. It has been a time. It's been, oh, yeah, wild. Uh, at least the ER is not overrun anymore, at least to my knowledge. So mm-hmm. that is good. That's a, that's a positive. I, yeah, I think I, I even had a, I even have a family member out there who, um. Who did get COVID um, at one point? Um, she's fine. She is all right. Um, but that did happen, and we were all pretty, all pretty terrified. We're also a little, a little upset she didn't decide to come, come on back home, back over here to the East Coast. Um, but also, like, I cannot blame her. I, I cannot blame her. I would have, I would have many years ago had it been feasible, would have gotten the hell out of here. So I totally get it. But like, I mean, I don't know. I. Uh, I think I also have have had overall like a relatively privileged lockdown insofar as like 
I'm in like the middle of, well, not the middle of nowhere. I'm in Western Massachusetts. I'm in an area that is very, um, well, we have a town, two towns over from me has more chickens than it does human beings. That is a thing that is true about that town has been true about that town for about 30 plus years. So, um, <laughs> and is not likely to change anytime soon too, which is a real fun um so there's like a large chicken farm over there or like a large factory farming mm-hmm. or something is i'm assuming that's why there that's is the there is a chicken farm there um that is one of the reasons yes that that is one of the reasons um but even then when you think about a chicken farm like they the chickens on the farm don't like stay alive that long overall yeah. so like the fact that that they've died that well the, the fact that the ones that you know are there um tend to usually die before the years um, out um for you know reasons of production but even then they don't like overproduce or anything like because they don't really have to again they're not serving that far out from there like it's not like a larger factory. It is literally just like, no, this place has had like a large amount of chickens and they do wow. sell like chicken meat in the fact because it is a farm, like, but they sell it literally to people in town and like people from, you know, out of town who will come in to get it because it's not actually that far to get to it. It is a little out the way, but like, I mean, yeah. come on, like God, that's... eat local. Why not? Like, it's kind of nice, actually. Like <laughs> if you yeah. can go for it, yeah, um, but living in LA, which is such a cosmopolitan mm-hmm. city in so many ways, mm-hmm. and especially living in the part that I live in, which is more gentrified, let's put it like that. Um, that's mm-hmm. so alien to me. I mean, it's like, yeah. I don't want to say that like, that like coastal privilege is, is real, but it kind of is like you're you're there's so much stuff about the rest of the country that you just you don't think about like there i if i mention your state later on in this recording and i get it wrong that's why <laughs> because that is a okay i totally Sorry. i mean it's also it's i mean again i like this is massachusetts it's like it's i totally get it cuz like there is like a weird elite bit of like a elite bit of this state too and like it's actually quite wild a lot of people will generally when you hear that will immediately assume boston i i have lived in boston i lived there for like four years because of college specifically but like that the only thing that was like exceptionally good about being there was the fact that it was a college town that was the thing that i really liked about it but other than that though like out here where I am is bougie as fuck. Like this is the, this is the bougie area of Massachusetts. Like it's yeah. Um, do we have our trailer parks and drug problems? Yes, absolutely. However, um, (laughs) however, that is still like, we are still the, the, the fancy area. We are the fancy ones, but also the ones that people forget about the, like the whole fucking state forgets about us entirely. But yet, we're the fancy ones. We're where the rich people are. Yes. Um, like one of our um, recent uh, governors was from here. Um, not the current one. The current one is a is a Republican. Um, not that, but he's also like one of the nice Republicans. I have met him. He's actually a relatively good dude. But like, and he also took COVID seriously, which was great good for him. So there's that. that much. I'd... Right? Like, like okay. Like, so e- we even do Republican completely different. We. <laughs> We have the same ones. They're not usually. like other Republicans. Right? <laughs> I'm not like other Republicans. It's really funny to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like it's it's a it's a wild little area. I totally do understand that privilege. Part of the privilege that I had was the fact that like 
it yeah there hasn't been that many people around we did get hit with covid naturally because mm -hmm. everywhere did but like definitely not as bad and definitely not as much as like fucking everywhere else mm -hmm. which has been really nice but also like oh boy has that made some of the some of the difficulties around here exceptionally like challenging but like most businesses were able to stay open because it was easy to set up like social distancing rules within them like and no one was actually all that was another privilege too nobody was fucking arguing with the restrictions nobody yeah. over here fucking argued like in this area even the ones who were republicans like and who were the um covid denying republicans still were like still was like okay you know what we are well aware we are in the minority and we are not about to start problems over here like and that was and That's honestly good. i'm grateful because oh because i didn't want to have to slap a bitch if it came down to it so really like <laughs> not to not to make that violent but like if somebody had like a had like been like acting up and kind of crazy I, there is that element of like people will be polite up until a point and then honestly hands will be thrown i think that is just an unspoken rule in this area just overall from everybody not just well yeah anyway it's fun um anyway that enough of that enough of that little bit here the next little card that we have over here again it's not a very pleasant looking card for reasons oh, but this is the um eight of cups oh um yeah, there's sort of a giant dark mass and a bunch of broken glasses is what's on this one. Um, sorry, I, hopefully this isn't like making you super anxious or anything. No, it, like, I'll, I'll explain why I, I made that face that I just made um, once you explain it. Sure, okay. So eight, the Eight of Cups represents stagnation and ill health. Um this is, again, I will say this for the listeners more than anything else. This is one of the COVID cards. This is one of the COVID-19 cards overall. Honestly, a little bit same with the last one, especially like with words like, again, turmoil and like turmoil, heartbreak, and the immense feeling of betrayal from that last card. Yeah, um, if that doesn't directly apply to like uh, the government from the last year and a half, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so like these... The first, I would say, three cards here are like, like, seem very much to be dealing with like things that come up a lot for a lot of people during COVID. So there is that. Um, but anyway, stagnation and ill health. The Eight of Cups sent an urgent message to pack your bags and move on. There is no hope of rekindling what's been lost. You met, you must start anew. This card points to phases of illness and physical stagnation. The message could not be more clear. Nothing good remains for you here. Lift your eyes to the horizon and let your feet lead you forward. Oh, goodness. Um, okay, where to begin? Okay, so the reason why the listeners didn't see this, but when, mm -hmm. um, uh, when, when JV showed me the card, which has eight broken glass cups at the very bottom of it, surrounded by a bunch of just black background, um, it I'm just gonna be honest like, I have been drinking more than I usually have the past year mm -hmm. um in particular because we've been out of beer recently I very recently um the first night of the Seder because I'm Jewish we just had Passover and we do mm -hmm. two Seders because we're very religious like that um one right after the other the first night I just did not want to be there I don't like Passover I don't like how long it takes it takes especially long on the first night and I also have a bad time like 
keeping a straight face. So it was very obvious that I was mad and a little annoyed and I probably was mm. a bit too aggressive, but I was just kind of like on the corner fuming. And eventually I left early cause I always do that. And I went into the pantry and I stole two bottles of wine and I finished both of them that night. Don't do this. Gotcha. I don't usually do this. <laughs> don't do this. It's a problem. I'm not doing it again. I need to say that. But that was the first thing that came to mind, just being in that state. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually, I will admit, like, I actually kind of had this really nice heart-to-heart with a friend after mm-hmm. that. So it, it that was one good thing, I guess. But also, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't drink two bottles of wine at night. Just don't. Yeah, ill-advised, dear lovely listeners. Ill-advised. Yeah. Um, <laughs> from experience for me, too. Ill-advised. Yeah, wine, so, no, not two. So I think, and I think the fact that, like, it's gotten to the point where we're out of beer that I'm not like stealing from the wine that we have. And we have quite a bit of wine, but I can't keep drinking it. That has really kind of put something into like, mm-hmm. into this kind of like crystallized something that I've been aware of, which is that I, I need to be more careful. And I am, at least, I'm glad that I'm at least aware of it because yeah, I can, I can like, you know, I have, I have self-control. It's just, it's just, you know, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just kind of my reaction to the imagery um that checks out yeah that makes um, perfect sense the actual uh yeah was, i was like that's finally <laughs> um the actual like the description of the car and the car the, just the description of the card and the symbolism um it's running through my head i mean i'm just gonna go where my mind takes me well i've talked already a bit about how i don't really want to live here at home mm-hmm. uh, i'm graduating hopefully after this quarter and the next few months thank you so, jb's clapping it's a little yes air clap yeah um, <laughs> Woo-hoo! yeah, yeah. There we go. um what was i saying but i don't really know what i want to do next which is a problem um mm. <laughs> so i remember whole, that that's a whole can of worms <laughs> on its own i'm i my degree is cultural anthropology which as you can imagine it's not like an accounting degree so it's mm. it's very broad but it's also not very specific so there's a lot i could do but there's not a whole lot that like that degree points to necessarily um i have mm-hmm. i have a little bit of internship experience which may help and i may be looking at internships but mm-hmm. it's really hard to say and like one thing i realized i had to realize like a month or two ago was that no matter what happens like once i graduate if i get a job i'm probably going to be living at home for a bit which isn't ideal mm-hmm. um it's funny okay so just so I run a second Twitter account besides my main one, um, which is kind of where I was reaching out to people and doing a lot of the the quote unquote networking for my London trip that I was talking yeah. about, my study abroad trip. Um, mm-hmm. And as a result, like the trip fell through, but I've gotten very friendly with a lot of people who live there and who live in the UK and who oh, most of them really know, also know each other in real life. And mm-hmm. I've been thinking for a long time, and this is going to depend on a lot. Um, about still pursuing an internship there. There's a few programs you can like apply to and that you have to pay them, but they'll help set things up for you. Mm-hmm. And then you can do an internship in London or one of these other international cities that they have, which is really cool. And I feel like I put in so much work and was looking forward to that, that I, that I should go for it. And mm-hmm. so when I think pack my bags, that's kind of what, what I thought I had this, like I had this kind of a fantasy. Yeah. I admit where I'd, I'd move out there and live there for like a year, even after my internship wrapped up, which who knows, I mean, maybe that happened if I get a job offer or something, but you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a long shot, but you know, so 
that, that's kind of brings it. that to mind initially. Either way, I mean, like I've said, I don't really want to live here. Um, situation mm-hmm. like that, as things are. Uh, sorry, that was my dad. Um, oh, that's a, okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sorry. The situation here is just could be better. Like I said, it's it's gotten better mm-hmm. since Biden's been elected, and my parents have just been so depressed. <laughs> That they don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Sorry, so that I'm sounded like, like a malicious cackle on my end. My apologies, but also fine. I'm like, I'm honestly so relieved because, like, I was like, you know, like, I was basically a child for the entirety of, of Obama's presidency. I go, I, a child slash early to mid teenager. Um, but I remember the things they talked about and how angry they were, like, and how vitriolic they got and. At the time, like I, I just I didn't think anything of it. Like I, I probably agreed with most of it. Um, just, mm-hmm. but now, like I have my own opinions, and like, and like, it's so aggressive. Like it's hard to explain, and it's difficult to listen mm-hmm. to. Um, so I'm kind of glad that that's toned down a bit. Um, so that's one situation that's improved, I suppose. But I still don't want to live here. For a variety of reasons, as I've said about ten times. Um, who knows? Yeah, like what that tells me is that I should keep looking. Um, I should look, maybe look for job offers in other states or other cities, potentially. Definitely. Been good. Simply on a personal level, I was going to recommend that. That sounds like a good idea. Just overall, like I, um, I do remember back to the back to the immediate pre-graduation experience. I I recall that that was a. It is wild to me how long ago that was for me now. That feels weird. I don't like it, but it's fine. Um. Anyway, but yeah, that I remember that moment, especially looking out towards like, all right, so what the fuck is the plan? Where the fuck am I going? I don't know. Um. I remember that. And I remember the, like looking at that and looking at my options and looking around and thinking, well, fuck, I don't know where I want to go. I do not know what I want to do because like, by the end of, I went to school for, um, well, initially, like my, my, when I initially went, I was going for, um, I think it was music therapy. And then I adjusted to art therapy. And then I expanded that out to expressive arts therapy, which encompasses both of those things. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck that, actually. Holistic psychology, which not only encompasses that, but like every, like a whole bunch of different versions of psychology mm-hmm. just right underneath there. Oh, that's really and, Right. And what and I honestly could have gone even broader and just gone psychology, but I didn't because I didn't have enough time to take the other. Um <laughs> I didn't have enough enough time to take the last few like requirements for like a general psych degree. But like but the problem with all of that though is that I went to a school that was like designed for counseling and not research. I want to do to do research. Research is a thing I can do very well. <laughs> Granted, also counseling is a thing I can do well too, but like that's and not even by training. Like that was just a thing that sort of came naturally in general. Empathy overall tends to come rather natural to me. So or well, mostly whatever. Um, but that <laughs> like so, but I sort of realized in doing it, I was like, I actually the last thing I want to do is be a counselor of like any kind. Like that's just Mm-mm, nope that's not that's not what i want to do uh-huh. i wanted like briefly to be a teacher but then i was like i absolutely don't want to do that either like i like kids but like i there's i also reached a point because i was doing education for a wee bit after graduation um 
sort of like got invited into schools to teach like specific classes, um, which was quite fun. And I enjoyed that a lot until I didn't. And then I had to stop because I looked at just how how I was feeling about it and all of what that was going to do to me if I had continued. And I was like, no, there's, I need to stop or I will become all of those teachers that like basically ruined my life up until like I graduated. And like, I don't want that. I mean, I wouldn't be exactly like that, obviously, but like there was, (laughs) cause I'm never a mean and malicious human being. Like that's just not a thing I can do. Whereas these people were that, but like I could see those traits like begin to pop up yeah. that unfeelingness that was really, that was re- that's really detrimental to like young, to young kids when they're like trying to express themselves and like learn new things. So I saw that was like, Oh, fuck teaching. I will never do that again. It's <laughs> yeah. like, sometimes you just have to realize that that needs, that is that that's what's going to happen. So but it was via internships that I even realized that educating was a thing that I liked. Admittedly, yes, it was a thing that did have to change, but like mm-hmm. that the internship was one of the most helpful things. Also, the internship was one of the first places I learned about, or my second internship specifically, one of the first places I learned about one, LARPing, two, um, actual play, uh well, not actual play podcast specifically, but more specifically, like Tabletop role playing as a larger whole, LARPing, and a little bit of actual play, like content as it is as it was projected onto the internet at that point. Interesting. Yeah. So I like found other things that I like sort of through there. Oh, and also within that costume design, a thing that I, has never the fuck left me, and I still do right now, just not for profit because I could never. There's mm-hmm. I, there's too much as far as like the standards for like how that works. Like, if one were to look at the interior workings of anything I've designed, I, no, there's, like, no, it, it's held up by, like, duct tape and prayer. Like, there's no way, like, or some of the, like, really nice items on the exterior will look, like, kind of a little bit, a little bit dodgy on the inside. Uh, that's just how that goes sometimes. And I, customers out there, all all cosplayers out there know exactly what I'm talking about. Like the safety pin that holds up something oh, very know. crucial on the inside. Oh. Yeah, that those. Um, so like I could never do that for like a, for any kind of profit. I could never like sell those things, but I still love doing that. And that at least gives me the, the thing that allows me the freedom to express myself and do those lovely things without needing to be um without needing for that to be my career and also knowing that I always have an outlet to express myself in one of the most crucial things I find as far as human beings is our ability to ensure that we are making something Mm -hmm. um regardless of the way in which we work or the kind of work we're doing most work does involve some element of creation regardless of like what the kind of work is even if you are an accountant you are still in some way creating shape and order to numbers and um sort of nebulous concepts and sort of weaving those into something that makes sense Mm -hmm. and tells a story in some way um so like taking one taking super enjoyment in that one fucking phenomenal more power to them sorry that's okay i can cut any of those out like that's fine um um, but like more power to them for being able to like catch those things and to like be able to um and to be able to do to to like find enjoyment there Mm -hmm. so whatever you wind up doing find the thing that makes you feel enjoyment um yeah. that might be a little bit difficult at the moment but just 
keep thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Keep thinking about that as you go into um, go into these next phases. You'll find something, I'm certain. I think so too. There's a few things that I, I get to consider. Um, I don't want to do this as like my main thing, but museum studies was something I considered for like a master's Ooh. degree. Which I eventually kind of just, yeah, it sounds really cool, right? But It does. Yeah. Um, Thing is, is that, as you can imagine, like, it's a very competitive field with very few jobs. And jobs aren't, like, necessarily the most well-paid ones. Which, I mean, I don't need to be, like, the most, I don't need to be, like, some big, big old executive or something. But it's, Mm. it kind of pushed me away from that. But I could, but I'm still getting offers, like, on the Mm -hmm. job thing that my, that my school has um from museums and things so i may do another internship there because i have interned at a museum once before it was a very bad internship to be honest i mean there were some good things no when i say that it's when i say that it's a bad internship i meant that there was very clear that they that they didn't necessarily have a lot for us to do at times right and they just yeah. had us it was um it was at the museum of tolerance which if you google there's some controversy with oh. them um and some israel palestinian stuff which i'm not going to defend um it was it's a bit like they're very i want to say neoliberal i don't know if that's the right word but they're very kind of stuck in the early 2000s kind of both figuratively in their mindset and literally in the way that some of their exhibits are from 2002 um but gotcha uh yeah (laughs) like like but like i can appreciate it but like their big thing though is holocaust remembrance and survivor and survivors and things and i will say that their programs for that are very good their programs focused on like hate and other in more modern contexts things like that are hit and miss uh i'm getting a lot Mm -hmm. basically um there were many times they didn't have a lot for us to do so they just have us like sit down and watch a documentary and talk about it or whatever um Mm -hmm. it's still really good for a resume and i can get a lot of recommendation for it but Uh, yes so i have worked in museum before which is you know, like a leg up if I choose to pursue that further. Although I'd rather not. I kind of want to, it's cool as I find that I kind of don't want to get pigeonholed into that. Totally. This is bringing up a, that this is reminding me of a person who has guested on this show before, but I will um, maybe, I think, send you their contact info after this. I think that might be a, might be a helpful little connection. Perhaps. Who knows? We shall see. Um, But I'll send that, I'll send that info along for you um, after this because I, I think that I think that might be a good good little connection there. Mm-hmm. I'm just real. I like just had that moment. Like as you were talking, I was like, "Ooh, wait a minute, hold on." <gasps> I think I know how to help. <laughs> I love those moments. I I love love when those little moments happen in my brain. Yeah. Granted, speaking of um, of moments of of uh, help and things, um, that. Right, let me show you this next one. Right. This next one is not um, not as um scary looking. Its meaning is uh, honestly actually kind of a little bit what we were just talking about. Um, so this is the card in the problem section, um, and it is the five of wands. Oh, interesting. Um, which is, again, less scary to look at. It's just five sticks just sort of floating in the ether. Um, and yeah, there's that. That's fun. That's a nice little fun change of pace from broken glasses and swords and shit. Um, anyway, uh, so this one is uh, scattered, lost, and lack of focus. Sorry. Yeah, excuse me. Scattered, lack of focus, and lost. For some reason, like, lost lost, and lack, like, got shifted in my brain. I was like, that's 
not the word that is right there. I could try to salvage that, but I don't know that that's going to work. Anyway, that's fine. So, um, scattered, lack of focus, and lost. So, the Five of Wands is a card of conflict. You may find yourself scattered, distracted, tending to everything and nothing. Since wands deal with our dreams and goals, it usually means this conflict this conflict resides within. Your energy moves outward in many directions, yet you are suffering inside. Take this card as a warning. Find ways to bring calm and focus to your mind, or these troubles will only increase. That's good advice. <laughs> right? Like, really one of the things I love about this deck in particular is the advice that it just has embedded in the in like each description of the card. I fucking love that yeah. about this deck. This deck is kind of great, actually. Um, yeah. And as always, listeners, you can find the link to this deck in the de- in the description of this episode. Anyway, but that's that's for copyright reasons more than anything else. Because I am like directly reading from some of the pages in the thing. I'm like, uh, dicey, but hey. It's right there, and I did say where they came from. So, I cited my sources. It's fine, and I haven't monetized this, so there we are. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I have not infringed on copyright too much that this gets sued to oblivion. Because hmm, anyway, and also why? Like what? It's a it's a podcast, but okay. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, this does sound a little bit resonant to like what we were just talking about mm-hmm. a bit, especially in looking towards like goals and the future, um, and that being a a source of contention um, mm-hmm. and and conflict and a little bit of lack of a set destination. Right. So yeah, yeah. So that just seems to be that. Um, unless does that did in hearing that did that bring anything else up or not really it's just kind of touching on a lot of the points you've already discussed about where i'm at and where things are going or where they may be going mm-hmm. and i mean like just it's so weird like I'm, I'm sure everyone goes through this but it's so weird graduating and kind of for the mm-hmm. first time not having any kind of education like just mm-hmm. there as like your as like your your focal point in like your structure that you're building everything else around yeah. Um. I mean, eventually I'll have to go to a job, which would be even more time-consuming, probably. But you know, like, mm-hmm. it was. It's a just been like a constant goal. Like, I need to do this, this, and this. I need to do this and this, this. I'm studying to learn more about X, Y, and Z, and to lose that and to like lose it while not really knowing what to do next. <clears throat> My parents keep talking about how like I should be excited and it should feel freeing, but it it feels a little. It's intimidating i'm just kind of like it's just, it's like this open space but there's no real direction to go in it's not exciting it's just an open space with stuff in it and i don't really know where to go <laughs> and so i totally get that oof i <laughs> genuinely totally get that especially like like when i graduated um that was right when uh it's right when we hit that little that little lovely uh <laughs> that little lovely sort of mini depression um or not even mini depression i guess it was just straight up a, a recession that's the word that was the word i was looking for you know when we hit that recession that was like when i graduated so not great not an ideal time to just walk into the to walk into the workforce um yeah. but at the same time like that 
the element of excitement that I had, well, also there, there was other lack of excitement. There was, I was coming back here where I've ultimately now lived for basically 31 years. Um, so I'll count the college time in me living here because that was where my mail was still delivered. So, I mean, here we are. Um, and where the state assumed that I lived despite me living in a dorm um, on the other side of the state, whatever, it's fine. Um, so the, I, like when I graduated and knew I was ultimately going to have to come back here because there was no, Boston had zero opportunities for work. Um, if you were a psych major at a smaller private college, no, fuck that. No, they had no room. Um, and honestly, fine, fair enough. Um, I wound up working, uh, working out here, um, for my mother ultimately. Mm -hmm. And I still have that day job now, um, all these years later, which is phenomenal. I've mm -hmm. had pretty good job stability in that regard. It's been pretty great. Um, mm -hmm. also helped build like a thing that is now run, like won several awards, like built a, oh. helped build up an organization that is like, that I believe in some criminal justice, like handbooks is still talked about as far as a nonprofit is concerned. Oh, wow. So there is that, like things have gone rather smoothly and without my, uh, my technological prowess, that would certainly not have happened because no one would have been able to sign up for our trainings. So bam, um, there's me. Ha -ha. Um, and also all of our content when it came to educating about queerness and, uh, and, the queerness of all stripes and a good chunk of like how racism appears like currently in the day to day, which my mom obviously understands as a black woman, just like, you know, naturally, but like the way it affects, like um, the way it sort of psychologically impacts people w was a thing that I got to contribute. So like there are certain things in our trainings that came directly from me versus coming from my mom who built the whole organization, which feels very good anyway. But like, yeah. So like, that was fun. Also like in general, like, if in general getting to work in like social justice work is a really cool opportunity mm -hmm. also not also going to just posit that as like a potential possibility especially with yeah. um culture cultural anthropology as being a mm -hmm. as being a field of study uh, just throwing that out there oh, yeah. generally um also surprisingly lots of lots of interesting opportunities in that general realm but like within um within that like i was at that that very that very last week, that very last week, I was dealing with several things, not the least of which is, oh my God, I am trans. How the fuck do I deal with that? And yeah. going home to my small town, not sure how the fuck to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, figured it out, fortunately. But like, th so dealing with that and also, oh fuck, uh, job opportunities. Uh, what the, what, <laughs> what, uh, what the fuck am I going to do? Ah, um, And how that is sort of pivoted into all of this and all of everything that's happened most of that time i have not had a fucking set destination as to what the hell i was going to do and to be honest with you i still fucking don't i just know that i do a bunch of things and occasionally i get paid for some of them which is real fun um but the stuff that i do for during the day and even during the evening like i work at a um i work at a college now um where i in the evening where I monitor their art building, which is oh. fucking phenomenal. That is one of the only reasons podcasting is able to happen. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fun little hack for life there. Um, getting a job that like doesn't necessarily require a whole lot of effort. Um, and like, mm -hmm. I, I just have to be there and like, I'm basically just legally culpable if anything bad happens at that building. And honestly, I'm fine with that. Cause uh, again, 
that is still under my control. I am in charge of the whole building. Right. No one gets in unless I let them in. Like it's, I'm in charge of this and I've got this. Like I can, I can handle security. If nothing else, I can handle that. That's fine. Ain't nobody getting past me. Not with these glasses. Hell no. Um, <laughs> sunglasses in that regard. They're sort of miming that. The listeners can't see that. That's fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> Looking towards the, well, looking towards the solution, I think is actually a good next step here. This one is actually real fucking cool. I like this one a lot. It might seem a wee bit intimidating at first glance. It is a positive card, I will say. Um, it is the Ace of Swords. Oh, um, I like that it is, card. Right? It's powerful. It's got like powerful a little too. infinity sign just wrapped around his board. Yeah. Which is, by the way, a snake. Oh, it's a snake. Um, yeah, it's a little difficult to see. The snake's head is up here a little bit. Oh, I think um, I see it. Maybe. Yeah, it's like it's real difficult to tell unless you are looking directly at it. It's like part of the the purple ish section. Um, but yeah, it's sort of eating its own tail. But also, this whole deck is based on nature, so there is that. Um, anyway, so they had to like make it somewhat natural, but otherwise, it would just be sort of an infinity symbol around this sword but this represents uh truth and mental clarity so the solution is ultimately truth and mental clarity which sure yes that checks out but let's get a little more specific as to what that exactly means um and maybe find the advice within the card so when the when lightning strikes the whole world seems to light up for just one second it's as though you can see everything, and this vision lingers on. Oh, sorry. Ah, and this vision lingers on even through the storm. Such is the power of the Ace of Swords. Your mind will become clear, your thoughts precise. It's a great time to make those decisions you've been putting off. So, um, getting to that clarity is the finding that clarity is sort of the sort of ultimately the goal now that also sounds like a <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of advice in that card which i'm kind of annoyed about but like the um in general well i always when it comes to clarity one of the things i recommend more than like anything else is um sitting with the self and meditating i know that it sounds kind of hokey but the way in which i tend to recommend um doing this and i think at this point because this has now come up on the show like four times i think i'm just going to have to record the guided meditation just to like help people walk through this but there is one uh, meditation i did like way way back in the day that i found so wildly helpful general summary basically you sort of put yourself in this little semi-sleepy trance but you are still awake naturally that's sort of how you know guided meditation works um also hypnosis and self-hypnosis but which is also a fun fact that was what my thesis was on anyway moving forward um, so basically uh this the whoever is guiding you sort of tells you stand on this thing that looks like a clock the clock is going to spin forward about 10 years and when you step off of that what does it look like where are you? Like, it, everything's gone right for you. Everything has gone the way you want it to go for you. Where are you and what does your life look oh, like? That's, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm expecting my parents any moment. So I did the first time I see a car that looks remotely like theirs. I'm like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That was a, that's a very cool meditation. That's kind of, I mean, it's like, that's intense. <laughs> 
It is. It, oh, it absolutely well. is. <laughs> That's the fun thing. I had no fucking clue what to expect when that happened. At the time, what it basically looked like was, oh, shit, this is a little bit what the American dream looks like, which is a little odd, and I feel weird about it. But it at least gave me a sense of direction in the moment, which was helpful. Like It sort of helped me visualize what I wanted more than anything else, which was... Um, a desire for like, and if I were to extrapolate what I had seen was a desire to discover things. So seeking discovery, because in that sort of American dream, I was a researcher. So there was that. See, I knew, I did this early in my college experience and should have realized that like going for counseling was not exactly the move, but whatever. Um, <laughs> like So um, I saw me researching things and learning new things and being on the cutting edge of discovering those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also more to the point, like um, there's a concept of the uh, the 24 sort of character strengths that a human that every human being has across everyone mm-hmm. all over the planet. Um, positive psychology. It's uh, one of the first one of the first little se- like mm-hmm. sections of that um, is going over those character strengths. Um, and within that um, within that that one little thing and sort of analyzing and breaking apart that vision that one was curiosity and love of learning those are two of the core strengths and those were both encapsulated there so there had to be an element of me that was really heavily involved in those um i had um well in that vision i had a partner and a child which was wildly interesting to me also wildly interesting that there was only one but we'll leave that alone um not one child i meant one partner um wow. wildly interesting that that was one of those like i i i am polyamorous and have and like in general that that's a big big part of my life and has been for many years and even was at that point which is why that was so weird to me Mm -hmm. but i don't know maybe there are just some things i didn't have time to see during that very short meditation i did who knows um but like i had that that connection with somebody um and i so i felt that well one of the one of the strengths is love so there was that so that was there um and also uh, the need for nurturing. N- nurturing was not one of the strengths, but that's clearly a thing that was there. Mm-hmm. It's being able to sort of um, nurture someone and like, mm-hmm. you know, help um, help somebody be, it was also wild because that child was like way too old to actually like be like my child. Like that child was like older than 10. So I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like I would have to have already had this kid, but like, whatever. Um, like, so was, right, like this, is a lot but like you know yeah. it's fine um for reasons like that also just would never have happened by like 28 which was like at the time of like yeah. me doing it like that just wasn't possible yeah. but you know it's fine um so what i then went on to do is like understand that i needed that curiosity i needed that i needed that love of learning so if we're just like a- examining like what kind of work and line of work i was in that was what i needed so whatever you wind up seeing, break it down to its core elements and see what, like, what makes up those things? What, what are, what do those things sort of speak to? Even if it's not like very fully clear as to what it is, or like maybe looking at it, you're like, oh, visually, this is not exactly the way I want this to look. You still have like, oh, but this is, this is emotionally what this is. This is emotionally how this feels. That's the kind of thing that you look for in there. 
see. Um, so I will eventually just release this guided meditation. Yeah, I guess I, I need to record this pretty soon um, <laughs> and put th- put it somewhere. So uh, listeners, be on the lookout for that. That'll happen. But I do recommend giving that giving that a shot. That might help yeah, you well, find a bit of clarity. I think I may try that. It's it's very useful. I mean, in the more immediate, more immediate, mm. just with not the next 10 years, but the next year or two years. I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainty and there's certain things that I know that I kind of want to focus on. And, um, mm-hmm. and like, I think I know what kind of relationships I want, like serious romantic or otherwise relationships, but, um, you know, who knows? Things can change. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've started looking. You got options. <laughs> you got options. Good. Yeah, Don't I've worry. I've started like checking Tinder of all places again, just because things will hopefully open up soon, which is, of course, probably a mistake. But I've been chatting with one guy, so you know, maybe. Hey, maybe there you go. That's fun. Yeah, I don't know. Tinder. That is pretty damn. Fun. I did open up Grinder for the first time in like a full ass year yesterday, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, this is this feels like a weird mistake. I don't yeah. know why I'm on here." I, I keep, but it's fine. It was a good time. Yeah, I keep. <laughs> there was a period where I just kept doing that, and I'm sure it'll. I'll start doing it again in like a month or two, where I just open it, start like just hitting people up as if I can actually meet and like just send nudes or just sexting or whatever, and then I'm like. Ugh. Like and then nothing happens, and I'm just like, this is a waste of time, even for me. So, I'm yeah, I'm not okay. like and yeah. So sometimes you just gotta waste your time a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes you just need it. It's fine. Yeah, like I, I also just I thought like, Grinder is interesting. I mean, is a whole world unto itself. I swear, and mm. both the good and the bad. We'll sleep oh out. yeah, oh yeah. Okay. Um. Looking into the future here, I actually, oh, this seems, now that I'm looking at this one, it actually seems like mildly ominous, uh, but, but not necessarily like in a bad way, if that makes sense. Like it's, because the, the thing, um, so we're actually about to make a little foray into the, um, into the major arcana. Now the major arcana, um, is a, is within tarot. It's basically like a the journey of a of a human soul for lack of a better way to describe it from zero being the fool being the person who's very new at everything and doesn't fully understand what's going on to um the world i think is the last one um so it's a it's a big journey Mm -hmm. it's a lot um and this one is closer to the beginning of that which actually i think is kind of positive overall um and with the location of where this one is being card number two in the major, or being card number three, meaning this card is number two of right. the major arcana. Sorry, that part's a little fine. difficult and complicated. No, yeah, but it's uh, the high priestess. Oh, interesting. Which is yeah. Also, this it's got a tiger, and the tiger's got a crystal ball, or at least I think that's a crystal that's ball. A, I, don't I think that's a crystal ball. <laughs> yeah, it's a real pretty tiger. Yes. I, I love tigers. Tigers are lovely. Anyway, um, but this card represents mystery and psychic wisdom. Now, remember, it's that stage on that. It's the stage on a journey, and this is the stage where everything does feel kind of mysterious. But it is. But you still like are looking around. And you're like, oh, but I do still feel like I like there is something here to be understood, mm-hmm. um, or something like I don't know. One could think of it as a path, like. You start on this path, you've found the part of this path that is like 
huh, interesting. Not sure I fully understand this, but there is something deeper here. I want to go look for it. That's kind of where this is mm -hmm. on that journey. Um, now, the High Priestess sits in stillness. From there, she's able to access realms others pass by without noticing. Th uh, the vast world of intuition, dreams, and mystery. She uses silence and non-action to harness this power. Sometimes this card appears to remind you to listen more closely to the voice within. Other times, it's a sign to look past the obvious, to find what's being kept secret or hidden by a given situation. Acknowledge the shadows. Interesting. That's it's very mysterious. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like this card. This card appears not frequently, but like whenever it does appear, I'm always like, ooh. Yes. Okay. I like that. All right. Um, it's always fun for me whenever it shows up. But yeah. Um how's it how's it hitting you? As far as it being in the future too. I should I'm trying out again. I'm trying to think about that. Uh, mm -hmm. hmm. I mean, there are certainly things like non-normative like lifestyles and things which i think have been of an interest to me which i have in the past few years definitely explored a bit more mm -hmm. uh, like i've gotten a little more involved in the, in the leather community as you've seen because i got very drunk yes. and posted some pictures of the leather i've been able to get together the past few years wildly great photos a uh, wonderful like hot uh, yeah. thank you <laughs> definitely oh, yeah. recommend uh, yeah. 1000 um, percent um yeah and so like and all that stuff. I think like I've been drawn to a lot of that for quite a long time. And then a few years ago, I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to explore this a little further. And as time's mm -hmm. gone on and I've been able to curate a little bit of leather for myself, which is not a, which is not a need for this kind of thing, but you know, it's nice. It's nice. It's um, fun. Uh, and so it. like in, I don't know how long, how, whether I want this to be like a part of who I am for my entire life. But it's something that I felt drawn to and all that kind of stuff. And it's something that I certainly want to explore now. So, but that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when I hear about like being open to realms and things that others can't really uh, necessarily see. Because mm -hmm. I do feel that, especially not just with leather, but with like people who practice BDSM, if they're doing it properly, of course, um, there are certain mm -hmm. head spaces and aspects of your identity that you can discover or you can kind of create for yourself. And I think that it can be, I've had, I've met people who are very serious BDSM practitioners who talk about it in very spiritual terms, actually. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think is, I think is beautiful and also just very fascinating. It's not just horny. It's, it's, it can be so much more. Um, yeah. I, I've mentioned this to my listeners before. I know that they know this. I know they haven't found the account yet, but that's fine. They don't need to necessarily. But I got super over this, over um, quarantine, got super into rope. Like I, oh, yes. I love Shibari. Like I am, I am, I am here for it. I am here to learn so much more oh, about yeah. this thing. I'm so hype. I also like just, um, just found a person who's like kind of nearby who's like going to be offering classes like digitally oh, relatively soon i'm so awesome. fucking hype i'm yeah so ready yeah, uh, and like classes i think specifically for people of color too which is oh. the other part of it where it's like oh, oh, oh yes absolutely sign me the fuck up i am ready um <clears throat> anyway sorry that's a oh it's fine that yeah, was it's a you mentioned that because like, 
I own quite a bit of rope and like finally during quarantine I was like you know what like I'm in lectures no one's looking at me and like I, I need to do something with my hands let me pull up a tutorial and start to teach myself I haven't learned shibari but I've learned you know ties and harnesses and things which has been fun I haven't mm-hmm. done that in a while I should do more um, highly recommend yeah I'll, it's, I'll dm you my account later just sounds fun um yeah, it's more connections yeah it's, it's a fun um, time like rope bondage i mean like since i mean that's connected to bdsm and things it's just it's a skill really i mean a lot of the stuff that you do with BDSM so is skill, but it's something that is so intricate and it takes ages and, and shit but it's so like it's such it's just so cool and like there's a whole, whole technique to it and then when you're done I'm going to put something really intricate. My The bondage I do is pretty uh, straightforward, but it's still, you know, you can still do some pretty cool things with it. Yeah, each and every piece is still, is like a work of art, and it's always a little bit different, like every single time. The very, some of the first ones I did were utilizing um, just the basic, like trying to just practice the basic, like um, knots and things that I learned and that I found kind of interesting, um, and turning them into, because of who I am, a massive nerd, uh, thing, things that looked a little bit like superhero armor. Oh, that's um, really cool. So I did, yeah, for when, for specifically the week before Wonder Woman 1984 came out, it is very important this was the week before, because if, if it had been the week of, I would have torn the thing apart almost immediately, because I fucking hated that movie so much. Anyway, um, but, that, but like, I, I made um, Wonder Woman's armor via rope, which also was a fun tie-in to her origin story, which I liked a <laughs> lot um i fucking love her origin just and like where it came from and, like, oh yeah just the little things with that that are just that like kept that like the things that we kept from that like <laughs> the things that we kept from that are so fucking strange like between like the original version and now it's like these very weird little things like actually you're we tried to justify this and it doesn't fully make sense. They're like, but it made sense in the original. And maybe the why, like a Greek warrior should her main weapon should be a lasso. But you know, yeah, um, like the, the guy who created it was like really, in, was like this polyamorous dude who believed in like female supremacy and was probably into femdom and things, which is, Oh yeah. I love the, they made a movie about him um, and his, uh, and his uh, two, um, and his two lovely ladies, and I honestly fucking love that movie. I highly recommend it. Um, honestly, fuck Wonder- watching Wonder Woman 1984. Watch that movie. That's just so much more interesting. Like, yeah. it's interesting, and also, like, more of a feminist movie, which I liked a lot. Just, like, between these two movies, one that had so many fucking problems that, like, at one point I was like, y'all made, bi- like, millions of dollars off this movie and an additional million on top of that to let it be released on streaming mm-hmm. and this is the bullshit that y'all gave no i'm sorry anyway let me not go on that rant but like there's an article about that that i wrote if y'all want to listen oh, like listen read it um <laughs> y'all can find it i will send i will post it somewhere it's fine uh follow my accounts you'll see it um but like I, so i like that a lot i liked making the making the armor out of that that was kind of fun mm-hmm. but really the thing that oh shit i mean even just sort of like basic ties like um the like the hishi karata that i only just learned how to do like uh two days ago anyway whatever but like just little things like that are like oh this is so pretty and the way that it sort of sits on like on my frame in particular i love it a lot like it's just so nice and it's so and i do sort of 
when doing so experience that feeling of like just pure euphoria, which I've explained to some of my friends who've like, um, who stumbled onto uh, me having that one account were like, uh, what? And I'm like, here's the, here's my explanation, which is um, the same thing that draws me to liking corsets and things and liking to wear them and having loved that and tight clothing in general, having loved that since I was tiny. Um, like, is that it's that same thing. I feel comforted. It's also the equivalent of a sexy weighted blanket is ultimately what this like like that's the feeling it puts me in i don't know or at least that's the the comparative feeling that i um if i'm explaining it to somebody who has never tried it and doesn't necessarily want to that's sort of the way in which i can explain it my anxiety sort of disappears temporarily in order to like assemble it and set it up there's a lot of there's an art in doing so there's like the and there, I have to focus, so it also helps my ADHD, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. um, and like, just all like so much like there's so much helpful shit that goes into it. And at the end of it, I'm left with something real pretty, and I feel better. Oh, girl, like what? Like, <laughs> like I, I mean, yes, I still need therapy, but also what? Like this is like fun little life hack for when my life has fallen the fuck apart. I can. Hitch it all back together with some fun hitches. Ah, it's yeah, fun, fun. It's, it's very satisfying, especially for me, who is a very who mm -hmm. can be a little clumsy with his hands and very slow to learn how to do things with his hands. To that feeling of where you're where you're trying to learn something that's perhaps a little more intricate than you're used to, mm -hmm. and you keep trying it, and it's either either you're not really getting what you're meant to do, or for some reason you're you're doing it wrong and you're not sure. And then the moment, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's like with anything, without any project, once it's done, but like that moment of like that aha moment where you've done it. Yeah. It feels so good. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, hey, here it is. I'm like, I'm minding that there's like a cuff on my hand right now. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that, learning that one was especially fun. Also yeah. then because I immediately went, had to go to the grocery store because I just realized I had to get dinner ready. I was yeah. like, I could take this mm -hmm. off. I'm not going to. And then yeah. just like went around that. Like, a thing that was just, like, I don't know, I don't even necessarily, like, I don't necessarily get that enjoyment that some people do from, like, showing things off. Like, I don't wind up enjoying that as much. But in that moment, I totally got that, like, feeling of enjoyment of, like, mm -hmm. ah, yes, I have this I have this thing. Mm -hmm. It is clearly, obviously not a secret as it is directly on my arm and everybody can <laughs> see this thing. But, like, I, like... I mean, shit, those who know, they know. It's cool. Um, like There's something about that that's kind of fun. Um, no one asked me about it, which I, I felt kind of sad about. Would have loved to, like, just make a fun little friendship in the grocery store. If people are going to come up to me for other bullshit, like, that's the kind of thing I would like to be approached oh, yeah. about. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. Um, but in any case, like, that was just so, so nice and fun and really cool. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, one thing that came to mind, I mean, a few things, like, yeah. things that feel less immediate than that i mean just i don't know this is mm -hmm. the future we're talking about and as mm -hmm. you said there's a lot like i'm at that point where i kind of feel like i know quite a bit about the world and i'm sure i don't mm -hmm. but um but there's still a lot to learn and i do recognize that and just in, in terms of just so pro practical things and personal things and i'm sure there's a lot mm -hmm. of ways i can improve as a person as well um so yeah, that's kind of like that acknowledgement. And there, there's something kind of freedom, like freeing about the, the description and the symbolism of that, I feel, if that makes sense. Like, totally. Coming. Um, I suppose, I mean, I feel like 
escape and freedom, if not directly, has been kind of a theme with everything I've talked about just because of COVID and the living situation mm. and things. Um, yeah. It checks out. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. There's one more card, oh. and I, I like this one, actually, because it ties into, like, so if that other card is the future as we can sort of expect it to be, this is the energy to sort of carry mm-hmm. into that future, and there's a fun little fun little bit of connection between the two last cards. So as previously shown, this last card is this one, the High mm-hmm. Priestess, which has a lovely little tiger on it. Now, this next card is actually from a different deck, but a related deck to this oh. one called the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit. Mm-hmm. That is the name of this deck. Now, therefore, this card is the tiger. Oh my! Yeah, it's just a beautiful illustration of a tiger. Yeah, another just... tiger. Mm-hmm. With a moon on it too, which I also think directly correlates back to this, which also has a moon sort mm-hmm. of up at the very top. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's the same tiger. Like that, just it—it mm-hmm. it must be the same one. I've—I <laughs> have decided yeah. it is the same tiger in two different images. Yeah, but this one, this lovely card here, is the tiger. It is, uh, I believe, I don't remember which element that was. Doesn't really matter what that. It the element part doesn't actually matter that much. I was just going to try and be fancy and attempt to read which one it was. It's a triangle pointing upward. Some of the listeners might know. I don't fucking remember. Um, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, but this one represents lunar force, ease in darkness, and feminine energy. Interesting. So, right. So, the tiger hunts at night, at one with the silence, fearing nothing. This card reminds us to take in the wild darkness, mm-hmm. to allow the lunar forces to soothe and heal our spirits. Sensuality receptivity and devotion are all heightened in the midnight hour and the tiger takes advantage of these boons spend some time in the silence this evening drinking in the potent calm there is nothing to fear in the stillness except the awakening of your own power when in balance the tiger is passionate strong and sensual when out of balance, overstimulated. Mm-hmm. To bring into balance, it recommends candle gazing. Interesting. Hmm. Or something related to candle gazing. It potentially, um, again, also meditating on like a set thing that is in your immediate thing. Like sort of that focus meditation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that's that. Interesting. Also, like, I mean, very spiritual and kind of mysterious. It seems like that's what that's that's what's going on with tigers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, it's the cat element of that because all the other cards in this deck that like is directly related to cats are very, very spiritual, very yeah. high up, very like a lot of yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even even looking back at like what we just talked about with the like exploring of um with sort of those exploring of those dark corners and um, mm-hmm. even the sitting in that silence um, and thinking it again sort of forces us to sort of resonate with that clarity uh, with yeah. the clarity that we were seeking in the solution section. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. That's the reading. 
There you go. You have survived your first terror reading. Welcome. Ooh. Welcome to the welcome to the dark side. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> But yeah, how about you uh tell the lovely listeners where they can find you should they want sure. to on the Okay. Episode? So my main Twitter account is at Dmanady. That's at D-M-A-N-A-D-Y. Um, there's also my podcast, if you're oh so intrigued by something so niche. Um, our Twitter handle <laughs> I'm sure is, some is our Twitter handle is at race who is the best thing mm-hmm. to come up with. Um, so those two, um, probably the best places to reach me. Uh, I got like a discord account and things, but I don't think I should hand that out to anyone. <laughs> so, um, that checks out. Understandable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm pretty res- quick to respond on either of those accounts. Uh, if you just want to mm-hmm. say hi or do whatever, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm usually, you know, open to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right and dear lovely listeners please do check out um please do check out all those things remember that i have linked things in the show notes um because i do that i if there is one game that i have that is on point it is my uh show notes my show notes are always on point oh, because weird. i with the noted exception of one of them because somebody had a lot of projects and i just was like listen for ease of my brain i cannot link all of the projects there are too many of them and i want you to check out all of them so here's where they are all linked i just didn't go through and list them all yeah i should but hey i should probably um plug exactly where you can find our podcast our podcast and oh yeah remember if we if i give the name it's called race to finish it's Mm -hmm. uh jv can stick a, a spotify link to it in the show notes um, we're on there, we're on Anchor, we're on like Google Podcasts. It'll be a bit hard to find, so I suggest either using the link that'll be in the show notes or just the link on the Twitter handle because we're niche and the name's vague enough that it won't come up right away. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, it'll definitely be linked there. Uh, they'll they'll be able to find it for sure. Um, I do my best to make sure these links are easy enough to find for everybody. Uh, so they so y'all should be able to access it relatively easily. Mm-hmm. Um, the RSS feed is, I find, usually the easiest way to find it pretty much everywhere. So if you find the RSS feed and you open it up, open up the RSS feed and whatever your app is, you should still be able to oh, yeah, sure. access it. Yeah. So that will be so that'll be available and y'all can definitely have that. So definitely do that. Um and um if y'all should so desire to find me on the internet, I'm at Red Black Golden on everything. Y'all fucking know this already. Also, it is literally in the show notes. Again, like, I don't know that I have to fully go through all of the things. It is always going to be in the show notes. I, I, like, my whole section of the show notes has been, like, pre, like, designed and everything. Like, it's, it's there. It's fancy. It's pretty. Mm-hmm. Y'all go find it. Y'all, y'all know what to do. Y'all know what to do. I trust y'all. Um, so oh, go and find me. those things. Yeah. Sorry to talk mm-hmm. to you. That reminds me just tangentially. You'll want to cut this out, I'm sure. But um, I should probably record, just make a recording of me just doing the, the ending of my podcast that I can just stick on the end of every episode because it's just, it's just mm. like, it's just rattling off me and my co-host Carrick's Twitter handles, the podcast handle, and then the email that we have for the handle that no one, that no one responds to because it's just, you know, it's fine. Like, 
I I highly recommend. I've done that for almost every show except this one, and I don't know. The only reason I haven't done it for this one is truly because I keep forgetting. It is I've had this show for like almost a year, and I keep yeah. forgetting. It is a problem, but I will eventually remember, and I will eventually do that same thing. Highly recommend. Yeah, it was, good podcast hack. Yeah, it was <laughs> just me thinking because like I'm just kind of like a sitting there. I keep trying to think of ways to improve the podcast or to take it in new directions, and I was like, you know what would be smart and maybe a good way to get more viewer engagement which isn't like the main thing but you know it's still nice i was like what if i had an email address that because plenty of other podcasts have that and people can just send our their opinions on whatever story we're talking about or the one or ones we talked about in the past no one's taken us up on that one guy said he would and then i think he forgot uh (laughs) as is standard that happens i whatever i i I've been toying with the concept of like leaving of like having a voicemail thing available, oh. like for like words of encouragement or whatever, or mm-hmm. just something like fun and kind of kind of supportive and just with the thing that fits the vibe of the rest of the shows that are on this. I almost call it a network and I I do not mean to. It is a it is a podcast collective. It is not a network. We have been very fucking clear about this. Um we have been so clear because we don't want that. God, we don't like I, mm-hmm. truly also because I have a bad history with networks overall, nice. but that's a whole other story. But um in any case, dear lovely listeners, um check out the rest of the Paperboat Productions podcasts. Um which are all the well not all of them are listed below but some you can find where they are um if you find our twitter you'll be able to find them relatively easily um i suppose now is time for the regular 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 sound off that we normally do which is be well do as much good work as you humanly possibly can while also remaining as as you know um taking care of yourself as much as you you know humanly possibly can because good god we are going the fuck through it but hey we're getting better and we will eventually make it to whatever the finish line is that we are ultimately attaining and if not it's fine it is fine if we don't reach the finish line because ultimately it is the journey not the destination always important to remember mm-hmm. and naturally Stay safe out there, y'all. Yes. But no, for real, stay safe out there. It is fucking wild out there. So stay safe out there. Also, high key, if you do run into a tiger, please don't pet it. I do not think y'all needed that advice, but I am just going to tell y'all. If you do see a big cat in the wild, do not reach your hand out to pet it. Also, remember, it is springtime and the bears have come back out. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I mean this in every sense of that term. Woo! Anyway, um, have fun, y'all, and stay safe out there. <laughs>